with us to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. Thank you, darling. I appreciate that. I appreciate the praise team. I just want you to understand something this morning. She was singing that ground. You know where you're at today? You're standing on a holy ground. I picture the Father who made us in heaven and our Savior who saved us sitting at the right hand and I can picture uh, Jesus speaking to the Father and saying uh, Father look, look down at Pleasant Hill the Spirit is in the presence of the church you and I are here today because of all those things and more. We're, this is holy ground because this is where God's people are at. Okay, if you'll stand with us, please. In Isaiah chapter 43, we're going to read two verses starting in verse 18. It says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make the way in the wilderness and in the rivers in the desert. Lord Jesus, we love you so much this morning. We praise you, Lord, for the opportunity that you've given us today. And we pray, Lord, we're here to worship you for no other reason. We want your Holy Spirit to stir the hearts and minds in the service today. This is an opportunity that we have to come into your presence and to worship you. Maybe things are not right in our life. Maybe things are going wrong. Maybe a hundred zillion things. But those things can be taken care of today because of your presence, your commitment, your love, your guidance, and your touch in our lives today. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. I've entitled my message this morning, Making Peace with the Past. Let me give you a little background of what's happening. The children of Israel are in Babylon. And they've been sent there because they decided they wanted to live the way they wanted to live. They wanted to worship the things they wanted to worship. They wanted to do the things their way. Okay? And the children of Israel represent God's people. You and I, who are God's people, have a responsibility. Now we can do what we want to do. We can tell God no. We can say, God, I'm not going to do it. I want to do this. I want to go this way. I'm responsible for what I do. I want, and, and I want to make sure I get to do what I want to do. Now that's okay if you're outside the will of God. Okay? And we're mostly talking to, law, uh, to uh, God's people this morning. But I will say this. If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior this morning, today is a day of salvation. And Jesus is taking care of everything. And so you need to come and accept Him as your personal Savior by faith. Because God has something special for you to do. Okay? But we're talking mostly about God's people today. 
Okay? And so God, and they wanted to do it their way. Now, listen. You and I can't live that like that. We have to do it God's way. You say, Brother Doug, well, you know, I just don't know about that. I think it'd be better to do it this way or live this way or just think for myself. When you and I, as God's people, start thinking for ourselves, is when we get ourselves into trouble. And he says in verse 18 there, he says, uh, it says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. We get ourselves in a situation. We're outside the will of God. We think there's no help. There's nowhere to go to. We don't know how to get ourselves out of it. We got in this mess because we, cho we chose to live our life according to the way that we want to live it. Now the prodigal son is an example of that. He said, Daddy, I want what's owed me and I want to get out of town. I'm going to paraphrase here a little bit this morning. I'm going to get out of town. I'm going to go find me some friends. I'm going to live like I want to. And I'm going to do what I want to. But the problem with the prodigal son, he belonged to the father. And so the father says, okay, here it is. Now listen, God will say, here it is. He'll let you take it. Everything you think you deserve, God will let you have it. But what, what happened to the prodigal son, he, got, he wound up in a pig pen. And I want to say something, I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, but I believe today there are a lot of God's people who are living in a pig pen because of something that's come in their life that they don't have an answer for, so they decide they're going to just do it their way, and they're going to live the way they want to live. Listen, it ain't fun in a pig pen. Okay? It's nasty, it's dirty, it stinks, you eat corn, you eat slop. I wouldn't eat what a pig eats, but there's sometimes God's people live in a world that is just filling them with that kind of stuff. Come on and get it. The problem is, you wind up in a pig pen and you start stinking like the pigs. And you're eating what the pigs are eating. And there's, there, there seems like there's no hope. And there's no direction. God says in verse 18, and Chris, let me share something with you this morning. If that's where you're at, or maybe you're halfway there, maybe you're the quarter of the way there, but if you're outside of God's will, here's what you and I need to do. Okay? Because Brother Doug's been there too. Okay? And this is, I need to let go of all that stuff in the back and start moving forward with God and have a relationship with Him. It, listen, it doesn't matter what other people think. And I'll, I'll throw something else in here, Christians. It ain't none of your business what you ought to be thinking like that. Okay? It don't matter what somebody else thinks. Listen, I made a mistake. I let God down. And Christ is going to take me. And He's going to use me again. And He's going to make a vessel out of me that will change and help to change people's lives. He's going to put me in a Bible-believing, Spirit-filled church that I can be used, that I can grow, and that's what this church is all about, okay? We, we'll, we won't anybody. And I hate to say the word good. We'll take the good, we'll take the bad, and we'll take the in-between. 
Okay? Because it's important that, that people have a relationship with God. Everybody sitting in this church today has a gift and a ministry that God's given him. This church needs it. This church needs you. This church needs for you to say like the, the prodigal son saying, Look, he finally woke up in the pig pen and he said, Look, woo, I'm going back home. Stinking all. And, and if I get home, I'm going to tell my daddy, Daddy, I'll be your servant. I want you to look at me, Father. I stink. I've been in a pig pen. I've been uh, ate pig stuff. I look like a pig. I smell like a pig. And I've lived there long enough. I act like a pig. And Father, I just want to be one of your servants. You know what the Father did? When he was way far off, he run down that lane and kissed him. And put the ring back on his finger. You see, that's what God wants to do to you today. You say, Brother Doug, I'm not a bad person. No, you're not. You're one of God's. You've been saved. You've been piddling around in, in, in the pig pen. Or you've been in Babylon. You're, you're, that's not your home and you know it. And what happens so many times is that we, we want to we dwell on the disappointments. Listen, I've disappointed a lot of people in my life. Okay? And I apologize for that. And I moved on. I'm not going to live my life in disappointment. Now, I want you to get this. A child of God who's been saved by the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who has a destiny that's called heaven, who's going to live in a mansion, in a place where everything negative is going to be taken away from it. I'm, I've been chosen by God. I'm a priest by God. And I'm not going to live my life because somebody thinks I ought to live it because I, had a, I made a disappointment, to the, been a disappointment to them. It ain't going to work. And then some of us, we, we want to be mired in a, quin, uh, a quicksand of regret. Oh, I'm just so bad. Oh, I just made too many mistakes. Oh, nobody's going to love me at church no more. Oh, I just, every time I walk into church, I think somebody's looking at me. They can't get over what I've done, so I can't get over what I've done. I'm going to share something with you. Just give you all a little clue. I don't know everybody's life. Heck, I don't know even know everybody's name. So, and I want you to forgive me of that, but I don't. So if I don't know everybody's name, how in the world am I going to know everybody's disappointments that they've done in their life? Okay, quit living your life in regret because regret is like quicksand. It just takes you down and down and down and down. And that's not who we are. Look at verse 12, 19 again. It says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. I want you to catch that word. All things. Okay? And so you and I must come to the place that we want to escape the situation that we're in. Okay? If you're outside of God's will this morning, here's what's happening. You're in a jail that you made your own self. Nobody else. You're in a jail by yourself outside of the will of God because you've made that choice. 
Okay? Now this is what God wants to do. He wants to do a new thing in your life. Let me give you an example. Those men that, uh, that work, that work outside, they go to work. When they come back home, their clothes stink, they stink, their clothes is dirty, they're tired, they give out. They wish that they could just sit down and rest and, 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 and ever, all of that would go away. Okay? They get home. Mama's got a meal cooked for them. Cornbread and red beans. And I'll throw some fried potatoes in there too. You can't get no better. I knew that's what Dan was thinking. She said, come in. I've got this bath water run for you. I've got a meal fixed for you. I want you to rest. I want you to have what I want you to have the privileges that you're supposed to have as my husband. And so you take that bath, you're cleaned up. You eat that food, you filled up. Okay? You lay down and rest and you rest up. Listen, don't live in a world where all you're doing is fighting every day. And I've been there now. Fighting every day to, do, to, to make it over the next hump. And the only thing we need to do is get into God's house in the presence of God and get in our hearts and our minds. He's got something new for us. He's going to clean us up. He's going to feed us. And we're going to have the rest. And we're going to have the love of heaven in our life. But the only thing that's keeping me from getting to that point is me. This church wants you to, to succeed. Because you know, Brother George and I are not no dummies and the rest of the church is no dummy. If you succeed, we succeed. We're here for a purpose. To take lost people or people who are living in Babylon or who are out in the hog pen and bring them into relationship with God so they can experience a wonderful relationship that just transcends this whole world. He's got something new for you. Oh, Brother Doug, that's for somebody else. No, it's for you. You need to put your energies in the hope and not, not in the disappointments. Okay? Now, how do I get from there to here? I forget what's happened in the past. I move forward with God, what He can do in the future. That's my first step. I have to make that myself. We're going to pray for you. We're going to help you. We're going to encourage you if we know. But you're going to you have to experience that yourself. Why? Because there's nothing more special to a child of God who's been living down the road away from God to come back into the presence of God and let God love him like he was meant to be loved. I pray that you're not like that this morning. I pray that you're in the, in the will of God for your life. I pray that you're not in Babylon. But I'm going to share something else with you. If you are, I pray. I want you to hear me now. I pray that God will stir your heart 
in your life so hard that the only thing that you can do is come to God's house and get in, 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 in your knees on prayer and say, God, I need what I used to have. I'm, I was spoiled to it because of my hard-headedness. I decided I wanted to live out here a little bit. And God, you know what? These people out here don't like me. They don't like me. Guess what, Father? They don't like you. Nobody out here wants to help me. What they want to do is run over me and get ahead of me and they hope that I'll fall back in the pig pen or back in Babylon. They don't care one thing about me. And you know what, Father? The only ones that cares about me are my brothers and sisters who are part of the body that I belong to and all they've ever done is help, 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 help. Now, I want to go through four quick things. Why? What keeps us from getting to where, or getting mired in the past and not getting out of it? The first one is bitterness. Bitterness is like arsenic to the spirit. It's poison. It'll drive you to where you look and smell like a puddle of old water out here. You ever been been around a water that's been there uh, and it's just it's not fresh water it's got mosquitoes and stinks and all that kind of stuff that's what you'll become if you let bitterness get into your life it destroys you well brother Doug you don't know what so and so did and what happened listen listen to me I can't help what the church last church did okay and we can't help what somebody in the other church done to you or made you feel. And I'm sorry you're bitter. But you need to let go of that. You need to move in here. You need to find a home in God's presence here. And let God work you and through your ministry. And so you can become something. Don't live on somebody else's past. That is driving you to a place that you can't enjoy God. Amen. I used to pastor a church in South Arkansas. And I had this... Uh, uh, one of the deacons. He w used to be a drunk. That's the words he used. He was married and had two, two girls. He got saved. He got to work in the church. He became a deacon. People thought he was somebody special. Everybody but his wife. You see, she couldn't let go of the past. And one of the things I used to do in the churches, we had, you know, more deacons than we have here. So when you have deacons in the church, you got to keep them busy. Okay? That's a joke, folks, okay? Because they get in things if you don't. So I'd always give them, and I split the, the membership up to them. You got these 15, you got these 20, you got these 30. Those are yours. If they're not at church, you make sure you get in contact with them. You discover what's going on in their lives. Help them out any way you can. And surely make sure when they're in the hospital, you're at the hospital. Now I said, I'll be there, but I want you to be part of it. I want you, uh, Because that's the only way our church will grow and that you'll grow as deacons. And so his wife said, he can't do it. Well see, that's not the first time she told me that. 
Okay, he can't do it. And she'd sit in church. And she was most frowned up, sad. Look, she's like the girl that went to church, had a mule, was a, her favorite pet, and she called him mule. She went to church, she come back, it was raining hard, so she said, I'm going to go out there and make sure my mule's okay. She got out there, he was, he was standing out in the rain. And she said to mule, she said, you know what, you look like some of them people down at church. And I got tired of hearing he can't do it. Okay? I, look, what happened in, in their past, it was time for her to get over it. Okay? And one day she come up and said, he can't do that. I wanted to take her by the throat and say, Man, uh, I ain't going to call her name. I wanted to say, you know what? If I was married to you, I'd have never quit drinking. It, bitterness causes our life to be stagnant. And we don't need to know that. Now I'm not talking about Linnell. I used to do that too. But she still kisses on me. So I'm okay. The second thing is failure. I was reading some things. I found Babe Ruth at one time hit 714 home runs. He was in the record book for home runs. till Hank Aaron got more. But do you know what he's in the record book also for? Strikeouts. Strikeouts. This great baseball hitter has hundreds of more strikeouts than he did home runs. Folks, I'm saying that to tell you this. Failure is part of life. Okay? And, and, and you say, well... Uh, I hope I don't fail. Let me, let me share something to you. If you don't fail, you ain't doing nothing. And so, it don't hurt for God's people down at the church to have some failures here and there. Then we all know somebody's doing something. Okay? In other words, uh, uh, you'll make mistakes. I'll make mistakes. I've already told you I don't know everybody's name. I'm already in trouble. I'll, I'll let you down. I'll make mistakes. I'll probably hurt your feelings. Not meaning to do any of those things. And I'll wind up and I'll, and I'll fail you because I didn't pay enough attention that, to you that I should have. Listen, I'm going to fail. Brother George is going to fail. Mr. Levi's going to fail. Everybody's going to fail. What we got to decide in here, is it okay for, for people to have failures? Because when we fail, we grow. And God's got something for you and this church to do. And that's the only way we'll grow. The next one is guilt. Oh, somebody said something. Guilt is invisible. It slowly crushes and it kills slowly. We live in an age. We'll come to church. Used to, it wasn't as bad. You'll come to church and you'll sit there and you'll People will come up and they'll hug you and they'll pat you on the shoulder and everything and, they'll, and, and you think to yourself, well, if they just knew what happened in my life, they wouldn't be doing that. Guess what? We live in age. It's on Facebook. We know what you've done. <laughs> hey, and, and I'll throw this out. This is just extra. We know some, a whole bunch of stuff that you probably didn't do. 
We got the goods on you. No, we don't. But we love people. People make mistakes. Right, brother? People let you down. People don't always do what you want them to do. And because of that, you do things that brings guilt into your life. Nobody knows about your guilt, folks. But you. And if you haven't let go of it, you see, Jesus except whosoever will. It doesn't make matter what our color is, who our mom and daddy is, what we've done in the past. We've, God made you, and He made me, okay? And He didn't make us perfect, but He wants us to work on it. Listen, whatever's gone on in your life, you need to, you know what you need to do next Sunday? You need to leave it back out that door and come into this church house ready to worship God. That's what God wants. He took fishermen that let Him down. He took a, a Paul who killed people. I mean, everybody He used had something in their life that wasn't what it ought to be, but God turned them in to a tool that glorified Him. And that's what God wants to do. You say, Brother Doug, I don't have a very big dog job at the church. Listen, that don't matter. God's going to use you His glory and honor. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what the other members think. You let God use you and leave that guilt outside the door and come into this house. And the song said, we're worshiping God on holy ground. Amen. God can restore your joy. He can lift your burden. And He can take it out of your life. The last one we'll close is the worst of all in his fear. It is the ultimate enemy of you and I. Fear stops us in our tracks. And if we don't work on it, we'll never go any further. Satan whispers in your ear, God won't use you because you've let him down before. That's Satan's lie. That's not from God. And fear keeps us. Now I want you to think about this a minute. Fear keeps me from getting where God wants me to be and the ministry that he gave me before the foundation of the world because it suited me perfectly. And I'm stopped right here. And it's down there, down the road of life. And I won't get to it because I'm scared. I'm scared to let go of what people think about me, what Satan has told me. I am a special person. I'm one of a kind. 
Nobody made anybody else like me. There's nobody like me. What He has for me is just for me. And I need to get... I need to get to that place that God has for me. Because when I walk on the streets of glory, when I walk up to that mount, that mansion, when I worship the Lord, I want to be able to say, God, I made a bunch of mistakes. I let you down. I'm not the perfect person. But God, I want you to know I got to the place that you had for my life. And I didn't let fear keep me from getting there. Linnell listened to a song yesterday and so she gave me the title of it and I thought it was neat. No one is too bad to come in. We're talking about the church. And no one is too good to stay out. The question is, where are you at today? Where are you at? Today is your opportunity. Is it bitterness? Is it guilt? Do you think you're a failure? Are you afraid of something? This church is going to take you. They're going to help you. They're going to encourage you. They're going to love you. They're going to strengthen you. Because you'll be part of this body. And hey, we got something to do for the Lord. We got something to do for the Lord. If you'll stand with us, please. And I want everybody, leave the lights on for me, darling, for just a minute. <clears throat> Praise team will come. I want everyone to bow their heads. You say, Brother Doug, how do I get there? Let me read it to you real quick. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says this, Fear thou not. Is God calling you to something today? Is He asking you to do something? Maybe you're lost. Maybe uh, you're not a member of this church and He's encouraging you to do that. Maybe there's something you need to come at the altar and pray for. I don't know. But God does. And God's Spirit is, is urging you to do that. For He says, For I am with thee. Whatever step you take in life, you'll not be out of step of God. Be not dismayed. Don't be confused. Don't be disheartened. Just do it. I will strengthen thee. When you make that commitment to God, whatever it is, you'll feel a rush of strength through you that the Spirit of God, you know He's there. I will uphold thee. This world, Satan, nobody will tear you down again with the right hand of my righteousness. The right hand is the power of God. And there's no greater power than God. Where are you at today? Will you come? Brother George will be up here.
The others are going to come. Just come. Give it to the Lord this morning.